Welcome back everyone to episode 3 of Way Downtown. I'm your host Jacob and we're back. We've made it to week 3. Um, successfully, last week was a little late. Today I'm recording on a Thursday when I should have done it on a Wednesday. Got busy um, and yeah, my fault but you know, not that we have enough viewers to notice yet anyway but doesn't matter, this episode is going to be quality regardless. There's, uh, there's some good topics to talk about today. Um, and we'll jump right into it, uh, and we'll talk about Tyrese Halliburton. I think within the last few weeks, he's opened up the conversation for who the best guard in the East is, and right now, I, th- I think it's between three, I think it's between Dame, Maxi, and Halliburton, and right now, I think it's Tyrese Halliburton. Um, he has been on an absolute tear this season. The last two games, from when we spoke about him last week, the last two games against the Hawks, he had 37 points and 16 assists in, I think it was an overtime loss, if I'm not wrong. Sorry, an overtime win against the Hawks. And then today against the Raptors, he had 36 and 16. That's outrageous. Um... Look, like I said, definitely opened up the conversation of who the best guard in the East is. Um, Dame, been quite inconsistent this season. He's been good. He hasn't been bad. It has been a bit of a slow start for the Bucks, considering the expectations surrounding them to start the season. Uh, they're 10-5. and five. I know the Pacers are 8-6. and six. However, much weaker team on paper. And Tyrese Halliburton, as an individual player, is playing spectacular. His season stats right now are sitting at 25 points on 52% field goal percentage, 46% from three, and when you're looking at that broke-ass jump shot, that is very impressive. Um, Four rebounds, which is pretty good for a point guard, and 12.3 assists, uh, which I find phenomenal. Um, I don't think he's quite leading the league in assists. I think that's Jokic, if I'm not wrong. The NBA did post about that. Oh yeah, so right now he's leading the league in assists, averaging 12.3, which is very impressive. Um, and like I mentioned last week, it also opens up the conversation of if the Kings traded the wrong point guard. Now the Kings this season are doing pretty well, um, so that's not to take away from anything that they've done. But I wonder what Tyrese Halliburton could do with that team that they've built instead of Darren Fox. Uh, It's just an interesting thing to think about. Um, I'm not saying if you go back, you trade Darren Fox, because at the time, it seemed like the right thing to do. And maybe that's the reason for Tyrese Halliburton's success, is that fresh start on a new team, he's been given the keys to the team. So yeah, but props to Tyrese Halliburton, man, that that guy's been insane this season. And yeah, the pace is really underrated, in my opinion. Good young core of Halley, Obi Toppin, Matherin. So yeah. Another team that's been really good this season and kind of unexpected, to be honest. Like, I mean, the Timberwolves uh, have been fantastic. They're 10 and 5, I believe, or 10 and 3, sorry. Never mind, make that 11 3 after they took down my sixes today. Um, And they look really, really good. Um, Anthony Edwards is nothing short of what we thought he'd be. Um, He's been fantastic, the number one overall pick. What can I say? He's just, he's the center of that team. And then to put him next to a guy like K. 
Cat, a big man like Cat, efficient scoring big, and then to have probably right now a top three defensive player in the league in Rudy Gobert, mixing all those three together and then surrounding them with role players like guys like Nas Reed, Shake Milton, uh, McDaniels, Mike Conley, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Carl Anderson, underrated in my opinion. Um, they're looking really good. Uh, yeah, they've been doing really well this season. Um, Rudy Gobert is probably, for me, a top three pick for DPOY. Right now, uh, after the last week of watching the league, I think it's Anthony Davis. Um, he's really hard to look past. I know blocks per game doesn't mean everything, but 3.3 blocks per game is outstanding. Uh, and I, I believe they're playing right now as I'm speaking, the Lakers. But um, we'll come back to that at the end of the at the end of the show and see how his stats are looking. But the Timberwolves have been really good, like I said, and they've taken down some good teams. They beat the Nuggets. They beat the Celtics. Uh, they beat the Warriors twice. They, they went down to the Suns, but um, they beat the Sixers, Pelicans. The team's legit. Um, and early days still, but from what I've seen, the Timberwolves could make some noise in the West. I don't know if there's any trades I'd make if I was them to kind of go all in. I think they have a pretty well-rounded roster right now. Uh, but it's just, we'll have to see as the season moves on how they how they keep playing. Um, talking of the top teams in the East, I'm going to flip that script. The San Antonio Spurs suck. Uh, and it's unfortunate. I mean, I expected this. A lot of people thought the Spurs would be really good coming into the season with Wemby. Look... He's a 19-year-old kid. Look, yeah, he's the consensus number one overall pick. Don't get me wrong. But the thing is, you know, for a 19-year-old to come in and completely change a team, it's really hard to do, especially in today's NBA, where there's a lot more star power in the league compared to, like, when guys like Bron, LeBron came in, when Michael Jordan came in, even Kevin Durant. You know, it, it, it's tough. Um, and the West is really competitive. So a lot of people kind of had these expectations for the Spurs. Um, and obviously they're not meeting it at the moment. Victor Wembanyama is actually playing really well. I think today he had 18 and 13, which is pretty good. But um, look, the team is uh, its not great on paper. Um, and if you actually watch the Spurs play, you'll notice that they fail to get the ball to Wemby a lot of the time. Um, like today, there was a clip that I saw on Twitter. Um, I only watched the first half of today's game. But I must have missed this. There was a clip that came out on Twitter. And Jeremy Sochan had the ball at the top of the key. And Wemby was standing under the rim. Um, essentially waving his hands in the air. There was no one near him. And Jeremy Sochan didn't even look at him. I think he passed it off to Vassell maybe. And he tried to throw it in. And it was just stolen straight away. Because they took too long. But... If you watch the games this season, you'll notice that they just rarely get the ball to Victor Wembanyama, um, and that's just more of an eye test thing. I don't really have a stat to back that up, like usage rate for Vic, but um, just watching the game, I find it really odd that you know you've got this seven-four cheat code of a human in the paint. Um, even on the three-point line, he can shoot, he can do everything, and a lot of the times the ball's not in his hand. I know he's a rookie, I know he's nineteen, and I know there's other players on the team, but. You know, this guy's the future of your team. He's your he's your marquee man. It's the cornerstone of your franchise. I think 
I think it should be used better. Um, and a lot of people think it's like a jealousy thing. I don't want to. I don't want to go as far to say that um, and make a judgment about you know the Spurs and and the kind of dynamic on that team. But I could honestly say that um, you know maybe maybe the Spurs players are a little bit jealous of the coverage Wemby gets um, when you know. He's just a rookie, hasn't really done anything in the league compared to guys on that team. But, I don't know, to be honest. I think we'll just have to see how the Spurs play out. Um, I hope things change. I think they're 3-10 and 10 at the moment. Um, I'll get the stat to back that up. 3-12. and 12, um, Look, that's really bad. They beat the Suns, which is a good sign. But, I mean, look, 3-12 and 12 is horrendous. Uh, early days. You know, we'll just have to see how Wemby develops with the team and how the how the team dynamic develops, I guess. But it's it's an interesting thing to watch out for. So next time you're watching the Spurs, kind of just pay attention to how they play when Wemby's on the court. And you know, a lot of the times they miss his open looks. On the topic of the Spurs, in today's game against the Clippers, I don't know if any of you guys saw the clip. Uh, Greg Popovich actually went to the mic and told the Spurs fans to stop booing Kawhi Leonard. So the Spurs fans were booing Kawhi Leonard at the free throw line um, like they always do. And Greg Popovich, I guess, had enough and decided to go to the announcer's mic and in the middle of the game and address the fans and basically tell them to stop booing because, quote-unquote, that's not who we are. Um, And honestly, I see a lot of people online thinking, you know, oh, Pop's crazy, why is he doing that? He was part of the game. I think he's completely right. Um, look, I know I know Kawhi asked out of the Spurs, but you got to remember Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard's injury, I think, was mismanaged by the team. Um, so he was obviously frustrated. And Kawhi Leonard is a huge reason, if not the reason, why the Spurs won their last championship. He was a finals MVP, all-star on the Spurs. It's not like he left them with nothing. He won them a championship. He played really well for the Spurs. He left. He won another ring. Like, this is a guy who's an all-time great. And to disrespect him like that as Spurs fans, I just find that a little bit a little bit disrespectful. Um, I don't know. It, it's not like it's not like Ben Simmons going back to Philly who who had a, such a drama-filled exit and, and didn't really do anything for the team when he was there that led to huge success. Like, I mean, even though I disagree with booing you know, a player that's done nothing majorly wrong. It's just, I don't know, the whole Kawhi thing, I think it's stupid. I completely agree with Greg Popovich 100%. I don't think the Spurs fans should boo Kawhi Leonard. I don't think they have a right to boo Kawhi Leonard. Um, and I know I know it's part of the game, but I just think it's stupid. And Greg Popovich makes a point, you know, like this, that's not how you treat a superstar of your franchise, whether he's still there or not. I just find that a bit silly. Um, and feel free to disagree with me. You know, it's my opinion, but I just I just think that's a bit stupid, to be honest. Uh, yeah, but on the topic of the Spurs and Wemby, um, my prediction is coming to light. I said that Chet Holmgren would be Rookie of the Year, if you watched the first episode of this podcast. Or, let me rephrase, I said I think Chet Holmgren should win Rookie of the Year. But, in the second episode, I did mention that I think Wemby will win only because of the media coverage and the fact that the media basically meat rides Victor Wembanyama. However, in the NBA's latest rookie ranking, 
Victor Wembanyama has dropped to second, and my boy Chet has moved up to number one. So maybe I was wrong about the whole media coverage will come into effect. But look, my main reason for picking Chet over Wemby, I think they're both pretty on par with each other. They're putting up very similar stats at the moment. Um, they're basically having an identical season. However, Chet Holmgren's team is significantly better. The Thunder are doing really well right now. They're uh, second in the West with an 11-4 and record. Um, and their team is just looking amazing. Shea, Josh Giddy, J-Dub, Chet. It's, it's really good. Um, and this team has a bright future. Two years down the track, maybe even next year. It could even be this year, but... I think two years down the track when all those guys are a little bit more seasoned and, and have a bit better chemistry together, they're going to run the league. Seriously, I think I think OKC is a dynasty in the making. Um, Shea is an MVP candidate this season. I think he's averaging upwards of 30 points per game, if I'm not wrong. Uh, it's 29.6 points per game, which is just under what I said, basically 30 points. On um, 53% field goal percentage, um, and that's really good for someone who's a fourth-year, I think fourth-year player, fifth-year player. And, and that's a really good jump for Shea and the team. Uh, you've got guys like Josh Giddy who are great glue guys. Um, J-Dub as well has been really good this season. Uh, Chet, obviously. You know, Demigod build. Why am I describing him like a 2K character? Uh, he's, a, he's a really, really good um, foundation for a great player. He's athletic. He can shoot the ball. He's got decent vision. And probably the most important aspect of him is that he's seven foot three so yeah this team definitely has a bright future ahead of them and I'm really excited I'm a believer of the Thunder I've been I'm not a Thunder fan I'm a Sixers fan but I've always liked the Thunder and I always enjoy watching their basketball so if you're someone who doesn't really watch the Thunder I would definitely advise you to tune into their games very entertaining to watch um young teams are always very electric and they're definitely very electric that's not a no pun intended because they're the Thunder but Really good team. Um, like I said, if you don't watch Thunder Basketball, get into it now. Um, another player who has been fantastic and is flying under the radar just a little bit, uh, Lamelo Ball um, has been really good in the past few weeks. He had a very slow start to the season, however. In his past four games, he's had 34, 36, 34, 37. Um, efficiency could be better. He's only shooting 44% from the field. However, he's putting that Hornets team on his back. Um, and speaking of the Hornets, Miles Bridges has made his return to the league. And to be honest, I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, look, I know people make mistakes, um, but I don't, I don't know how... How much of a good idea it is to let someone like Miles Bridges, who was accused of domestic violence, um, or not just accused, was found guilty of domestic violence, uh, pled guilty to domestic violence. Um, it's a terrible thing. Uh, and I'm not one to comment on someone else's personal life. But at the end of the day, that's a crime. Um, you know, beating your partner, especially when you have a kid, is wrong. Um, and I don't know... I think that the Miles Bridges situation should have been a kind of a message or used as a lesson for the rest of the league. Uh, I don't think that he should have been able to come back. Um, 
look, I know I know what he did was wrong as well, but John Morant has to serve a 25-game suspension for flashing a gun when Miles Bridges can play right now. And I know he missed all of last season, but Miles Bridges can ultimately play. And after he bashed his partner, I don't, I don't, I, that just doesn't sit right with me. I don't know. Um, if you disagree with me, feel free to leave a comment and let me know why. However, I don't know. I just, I just can't get behind that. I just think it's a bit, it's, it's not a great example to people who watch the NBA, especially kids. Um, and with the age of social media that we're in, undoubtedly all the, all the young kids who watch the league will probably know what's going on because uh, all these kids are on social media nowadays. So I don't know. I, I don't think it's the best decision to let him play again, especially especially not this soon. But um, like I said, look, I people deserve second chances and all that stuff, but I, I, I just don't know. Um, but other, other than that, uh, Miles Bridges has been good to start the season. Um Coming back, I think he had a. He's been scoring the double digits. He's averaging 16 points right now. Um, but yeah, that's definitely a. Aside from all the off-court drama, it's definitely a good addition to the Hornets squad, um, on the court. And really quickly, to end the episode, I just want to discuss the Orlando Magic. Um, the Magic have been awesome this season. Uh, they're 10 and five right now in the East, um, and I know. League-wide, it's not the, the best record in the league, but for a team who had very low expectations coming into the season, they've been doing really well. Uh, I think Paolo, after a very slow start, has bounced back really well. Um, Franz Wagner has been amazing for the team. Guys like Jalen Suggs, like, they have a really good squad. Cole Anthony, uh, like, today, they played against the Nuggets, and they actually beat the Nuggets. Um... Jokic masterclass, as usual, 30, 30 points, 12 assists, 13 rebounds. Um, but, like I said, the Magic, the Magic's big duo of Bankero and Wagner had 23 and 27, respectively. Um, Cole Anthony had 20 points off the bench. Mo Wagner, very quietly, 12 points in 15 minutes. Joe Ingles, great pickup for this team um, over the offseason, and and Jonathan Isaac coming back from injury has been really good for them so far, defensively and offensively. Uh, today had nine points in 14 minutes. Um, Jalen Suggs as well. Little bit of a little bit of a scuffle today with Jokic, but I think um, I think that's a good sign for a young team. It shows a bit of grit and tenacity. Um, and at the end of the day, they're a team of dogs. Um, so look, I I, I honestly personally picked the Magic to be a bottom three team this season. I think I had the Spurs, the Pistons, and the Magic as my three worst teams. But I'm glad that they're proving me wrong because I'm a really big fan of Paolo Banquero. Um, I think Franz Wagner's a great player. Um, and I know he's not playing right now, but Michael Foltz, obviously part of that squad, was always a fan since he played for Philly. Um, and I'm, I'm happy they're doing well. I hope they can sustain it. But like the Jazz last season, um, we all know that a lot of the times a young, and electric can, uh, a young and electric team can start the season really well. And then, you know, the experience of other teams catches up to them. They start to fall off. I hope that's not the case for the Magic because they're looking really good right now. But um, we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. 
Uh, as for the Sixers, really quickly, just because I'm going to talk about them every episode because I'm a Sixers fan. Um, they are, I wouldn't say in the mud right now, but they're not looking the best as of recently. Uh, Embiid was listed out today against the Timberwolves. Obviously, that was a loss. Um, back-to-back night, the team's tired. Um, away game against the hot Timberwolves. It's, it was always going to be tough. Um, but yesterday, they lost against the Cavs in overtime. A uh, very winnable game. They did make a comeback uh, late in the fourth to send it to overtime. Uh, a lot of lead switches in that last five minutes. However, unfortunately, couldn't get the job done. Uh, Darius Garland was really good yesterday. And Embiid and Maxi both missed game-winning shots. It was just unfortunate, but we'll just have to see when Embiid comes back healthy and when Kelly Oubre is back on the court, what this team can be like at full strength. Um, look, it's only it's only the last... They're on, I think they're on a three-game losing streak. Um, forgive me, two-game losing streak. 10-5 and five still, pretty good record. But um, I would have liked to see them pick up a couple of those games that they didn't need to drop. Um, look, I know this was a short episode, unfortunately. Um, not much to talk about since I released the last episode very late. So it only gave me a bit, about a four-day gap. Um, but I will be back to posting on Wednesdays next week. Um, I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you may have noticed... Uh, something on my on my left here. Um, this is actually a signed James Harden basketball that I got for my 18th birthday uh, two years ago. Um, and I spoke about that in episode one, I think. Um, always been a big fan of James Harden since before since uh, before he got traded to the Sixers. I uh, always liked his game. He was always my favorite non-Sixer. Um, recently, I don't know if I can say the same. I still love him though. Uh, but it was really cool to get this signed basketball. My auntie actually gave it to me. Um, and yeah, I know you people listening on Spotify and I can't see that, but um, head over to YouTube, give it a watch. And yeah, I've also got a, I've also got a Patty Mills signed basketball just off camera to my left there. Uh, there's a Josh Giddy one as well in my cupboard. Uh, and you can't really see it now, but next to this LeBron jersey on the left is a signed Josh Giddy jersey. I'll do a video detailing all this stuff later. I don't know. I just thought I'd share that all with you now, but um. As I said, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, I'm really enjoying making this podcast. So hopefully you guys get a sense of enjoyment back. Um, Remember to like and subscribe if you're on YouTube. Follow the podcast, save it, rate it five stars, share it with your friends on Spotify, Apple, whatever whatever it's on. Um, And I'll see you guys all next week. Thank you very much for watching.